the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking investing and much, much more. I saw that two employees of Target recently were videotaping each other, pushing each other around in a cart inside a Target. Post on the internet and having fun and the memes are great. One of them gets fired. So that's out there, right? California's economy. So I guess what I'm saying is careful what you videotape and careful what you post on Facebook. Have we not learned that yet? You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. California now has the fifth biggest economy in the world. Why are we part of the United States? It's a good question. Why do we get two votes in the House of Representatives instead of, you know, our various senators? So we're the fifth biggest economy in the world ahead of the UK. Now, that makes me feel bad for the UK and all their their bangers and mash and bad teeth and such. They've got a queen. California's economy is so large, it's grown so quickly, it's now the fifth biggest in the world all by itself. Only bigger, Germany, Japan, China, and the United States. Texas is number 11, but Texas is way off of Italy, Brazil, France, India, and the United Kingdom. New York, New York, uh, compared to New York to California, New York is 1.5 trillion. California is 2.7 trillion. New York City. New York City. There you go. The pay gap between women and men in tech is so wide. Think about this about the, as far as the California economy. The pay gap in tech is so wide between men and women. It changes the U.S. statistic. San Francisco's pay gap comes out to about $5,328, while the pay gap in San Francisco is about $14,450. So it's a pretty big pay gap between New Jersey and San Francisco, per se. Now, one of the people that I absolutely love, and the whole pay gap thing is, again, we're the fifth largest economy in the world. Why do we get that pay gap? Especially as conscious as we are, we don't we don't really like plastic straws. We don't really like plastic bags, but we get over it. Warren Buffett's one of my favorite people to study, and I love listening to him. And I think CNBC did something incredibly smart. They've started archiving all the interviews they've done with him over the years. I think when he dies, it's somebody that I will point my children to and say, "You should listen to him. Go to that CNBC site." He echoed criticism of stock pickers' fees when he compared them to what brokers charge in real estate. Now, listen to this. This is just a guy who thinks about money all the time. 
He said, brokers' fees aren't crazy compared to the value they add by helping change people's lives through home ownership. He said, another couple, you know, Buffett said Berkshire may acquire other real estate agents. They own a lot of the biggest real estate companies in the United States. They change people's lives, in his opinion, by giving them the home appreciation, home ownership thing. And he looks at hedge funds who pick stocks, broker stocks, not houses. And he said that, you know, going the, the way of an index fund is way better than picking a, a, a human relationship, per se. So give it a little bit of time and then start thinking about what he's going after. Broker's fees aren't crazy compared to the value they add by helping change people's lives, by finding the right neighborhood, the right schools, and uh, other areas. Now, he owns Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. It's a residential real estate brokerage business. It's now the second largest in the United States. Um, and again, he's talking about how it changes people's lives to have a good real estate agent. And I kind of agree with that. It's one of the big um, things about owning a home. It's yours. On some level, it is. Don't pay your taxes. You'll find out that it's not. Don't pay your mortgage. You'll find out that it's the bank's. But, you know, moving around in your younger years is awesome. There's going to be a lot of job changes. There's going to be a lot of bouncing around from New York to Beijing to California to Texas to the world economy is going to be there for the next few years, to say the least, right? So when you do finally buy a house, enjoy it. Um, it provides comfort and consistency. And they say consistency wins all battles. Um, it, it's an interesting concept that, that Buffett is going down because I, I think it does play into why you want to own a home. After spending decades of renting, you're like paying yourself. And on some levels, you're kind of forcing yourself into a planned saving, which is if you leave it up to the average person, do you really think the average person is going to save an extra $800 a month? But if you get a second home and your mortgage is 3000 but 800 is going to principal, didn't you just save 800 a month? So I'm not a budget, you know, be careful, right? I almost said budget Nazi. I can see the emails coming in. Behave yourself. <laughs> right? Are you with me or against me? I can see the emails coming in and like, you can't use the word Nazi to describe how you do budgets. Nazis killed people. Nazis cooked people. Can you believe that? They... And like, yeah, I totally, I can't use the word Nazi. I think you get what I'm trying to say. I know, I know, I know. Shame on me. So I'll say a a, a budget strictitarian. I'm like, I'm not the, the disciplinarian if you don't do it. But even having a home, like if you get an extra room, you put a home office into it, you kind of dedicate, you know, getting ahead, doing a little extra saving. Um, I, I like it, so... You can have whatever pets you want. You can have whatever plants you want. You don't have that homeowners association. Uh, you have somewhere to come home to, which almost as important as some place to go to when you go out on vacation. So, so that's out there. Um, so I, I do think homeownership is important. I do think I get the idea of you know why we're doing this. And Buffett saying real estate agents change people's lives. Real estate brokers. Home brokers, you know, I'll sell you a house. We'll match a buyer and a seller, and we'll get all the paperwork done. I, I do think he's onto something there. So, so that's out there. 
YouTube has over 1.8 billion users every month. That's pretty close to Facebook. And if you're ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, you're saying, um, look at our sexy weather person. Because how do you compete with 1.8 billion users every month? Now, it's it's fascinating because like Netflix is a closed ecosystem of, of they have to license the content or create the content. You look at YouTube and people are watching videos of me and there's being ads served to them from like Fidelity. Uh, 1.8 billion eyeballs. I like the YouTube's eyeballs way better than Facebook's eyeballs. But because it's closer to ABC, ABC, CBS, Fox world that I, I know better. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Bitcoin is incredibly risky, and there's not a lot of adults in the realm when it comes to managing it. doesn't mean you can't make money on it, but... It doesn't mean you can't make money on Cabbage Patch Kids either, or Pet Rocks, or those invisible dog collars, where it's just you know a, a really well starched up uh, dog collar so that it, it looks like it's floating in air. There's no such thing as invisible dogs. People who bought Pet Rocks are stupid, financially stupid, and pro- probably mentally stupid as well, right? Um, but it's out there. Um, I'm glad Google and Facebook are not taking advertising because I, I think it's seductive. And I think as nature, as a, a, a society, we have a tough time protecting that. I don't know how I feel recently about the, the dog that went on the United flight that the stewardess made the lady put the dog pack up on the overhead. And then I guess the dog suffocated it on the flight and died. I don't know how I feel about that. Personally, I'm kind of like one of those guys that dogs shouldn't be flying. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. That's not the answer. You're so mean. I don't know how I feel about this one. Amazon is in the news today. But it's not Amazon, it's a company that's been Amazon. Internet, superhighway, roadkill. Toys R Us. Now, I remember coming to the Bay Area 15 years ago and going Christmas shopping looking for little kids' toys and stuff like that. And you'd go, you'd go into a store and you'd be like, this is the cutest little toy store. It's called Santa's Cutest Little Toy Store. And like, next year they're out of business. Amazon's put them out of business. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go to Toys R Us to get, find some toys. So you go to Toys R Us and I'm like, whoo! You don't have to get on Amazon. You can actually see the toy. You can play with the toy. You can kind of get a feel for it. There's 800 toys, Toys R Us stores in the United States. They, they can't be beaten. There are 800 of them. They're the world's biggest toy store, Toys R Us. They got Jeffrey the, uh, the giraffe, which I don't quite understand. But sure, sure. Oh, wait, wait. They got Amazon, too? Whoa. Toys R Us is going bankrupt via liquidation. The last couple of years, Toys R Us accounted for 15 to 20% of U.S. toy stores. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Don't you get the feeling that Jeff Bezos is he's up there right now? In his Death Star that's hidden behind the moon. And he's just laughing. Toys are us. You are mine. (laughs) 
and you know what it brings up with the whole evil empire thing is at one point in time it was like oh the mom and pops are going down oh the mom and pop uh, retailer oh the mom and pop uh, you know hardware store Home Depot's putting them out oh the mom and pop electronics store Burton Electronics meet Best Buy Best Buy runs them over but when you have Toys R Us take down Amazon or Toys R Us being taken down by Amazon what's wrong with America okay so Hasbro is lower today. Mattel is lower today because Toys R Us used to put toys on the, the shelves at full price, right? The company somehow has $4.9 billion in debt. Whew. Are you kidding me? Again, Toys R Us didn't just die from Amazon. Toys R Us died from Walmart and Target. I remember going into, I mean, it's been a long time since I've bought toys, right? I remember going into a Toys R Us or a Target. It was a Target. I think Monopoly was like $5. I'm like, how is this $5? And you open it up and everything's smaller and more plasticky and, you know, more cardboard-like versus, you know, board-like, I guess is the right way of saying it. So you get it. Retail has dramatically changed. Not only Amazon and Walmart and Target and Best Buys, but retail's also changed with... Kids don't really want toys anymore. They want iPads. And then you also get into the situation of toys that are made overseas are incredibly cheap and junk-like. But i got to have them. Mom, i got to have a Super Squirter. Benny, uh, that Super Squirter is $33. But I have to have it. And then within a day, it's broken, right? Batman. Batman. So that's out there. The only thing that makes me crazier than a toy store going down is thinking about marriage. Love and marriage, love and marriage goes together like a horse and carriage. About a third of couples getting married in the next year plan to borrow $10,000 to cover wedding bills. <clears throat> My first marriage, do you know how long I was married? I'll let everyone take a quick guess. Under a year? Over a year. Who's going to take the over? Who's going to take the under? Who's going to take the over? Who's going to take the under? The answer is under a year. And did I get cheated on with uh, a guy from the board of directors of Louis Vuitton, Moe Hennessy? Or did I get cheated on from a guy at a startup who had big buck teeth? Three, two, one, two, two, two. Both is the right answer. Both is the right answer. Whoa. But that's okay. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm not against marriage. Oh, three quarters of engaged couples are going into the red to cover their wedding bills. That's what I'm against. I think it's crazy to go 10000 20000 $30,000 in debt. About 11% of people getting married are borrowing $50,000 or more. 16% between ten and 20000 Whoa. And that's a lot of money. That's a bad foot to start off the marriage on. It's one of those life events that you really are tied to emotion. The white dress. Dad. But Dad, I love you so much. And then she's in the limo pounding scotch. And, well, let's just say getting kerfuffled. Kerfuffled. It's one of those things in life that, again, we, we put the white dress and the emotion to. And we put a lot of value on when I'm hoping more and more millennials just elope 
and you know do things on a budget. So if there's a gap between your expected spending and your savings in life, see what you can do, both big and small. And I think you want to be married forever and not, you want to remember the day forever, but not pay for the day forever. $50,000 is too much credit card debt or $50,000 credit debt is too much. 10 to 20, too much. Average wedding's over 30,000, too much. Seriously, a, a veil that costs like $700, $800. Oh my, my, my. I'd say brown paper bag over that head. Is you blind? Just saying. Or you could blind yourself, too. You can find more at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Think of me as the great big grizzly bear of financial love. I know you're saying that doesn't even make sense. I was thinking today about how fortunate and how happy I am, all things considered, with where my life ended up, and I'm pretty pleased. Hasn't been perfect. It's had some unnecessary drama and some bad decisions. It had a dad who was an alcoholic who didn't always connect with the world due to his being an orphan and going through military in Vietnam. It was less than ideal. Um, but I did have everything I ever needed. Um, I had toys, I had clothes, I had food. I just didn't have a dad who was terribly cognizant of, of that kids need time off and they need downtime and they need love and they need support. You don't have to be prepping your kid at age 13 to get ahead in life. You don't have to be prepping him, you know, every single minute, every single day. Uh, so I'm cognizant of that. And, you know, I'm very cognizant of, you know, what I do hopefully helps people get to retirement. Whether I'm helping the firefighter or whether I'm hoping, helping the single parent. So on occasion, I do want to talk about parenting and why some of us are doing this and what it may mean to you and what it may not. Um, I want to get you to retirement. When you see the average Social Security check is like $1,400 a month, it's not enough. And, you know, my goal is to get us to the point of, of like, having enough and taking our foot off the accelerator. So one area that I, I think I don't talk enough about, but I should, is marriage and some of these life decisions that we make. Like I said, I had a good life, and I'm very grateful. So don't in any way, shape, or form think that I'm being negative, because I'm not. A um, couple things is I have had a divorce, and it's a crazy moment when you do that because it's just like a crazy moment when you get married. A friend of mine just got married in Chicago over the weekend. Beautiful young woman and a beautiful young man. And, um, 
you know, I, I got to be honest with you. Take a look at some Facebook pictures. I'm like, I'm happy for them. But for decades, we've been told half of all marriages in a divorce. And even though the statement is no longer true since the rate of the U.S. Um, has been declining in divorce, what's causing all these breakups? And I can tell you one thing is it's finances. And it's a large part of it. I can tell you some people get married for the wrong financial reasons. Instead of finding someone you're compatible with, someone you love, someone you want to establish a friendship and a life with, someone you want to co-parent with. A lot of times people are like, I'm 35 and getting older. In my 30s, I had created a successful business and I had done pretty damn well at it. But I wasn't married and I didn't have kids. And I met a beautiful woman who also, not also, but she was an AA. I wasn't in AA, but so she had that alcoholic background that my dad had. And early on, there was a couple moments where I was like, this isn't good. I, I, I like the highs were high and the lows were frustratingly stupid. And I, I don't deal with frustratingly stupid terribly well. So I was going to face a divorce even before I got married because I married the wrong person. And... I, I knew there was fl- flags already. So in the long run, she cheated on me because, not because, that's an unfair statement. She cheated on me and got caught. She left an email account open on a computer that left, was left powered up on a screen that had some pretty damning evidence if you just walked right by it. And then that triggered in me trust issues. Because as a kid, when you have an alcoholic dad, you just don't trust his emotions and you don't trust yourself to not mess up. So my advice to you when it comes to marriage is financial advice is choose your partner carefully. I had half a business that she was entitled to, well, depending on how long you're married, half of. And in California, if you're married for 10 years, you owe a person alimony for life. Potentially. I wasn't married 10 years. I wasn't married eight years. I wasn't married six years. I wasn't married four years. I wasn't married two years. I was married one year. And when you go through that and you're like, did she just really hit on a guy her dad's age? Or did a guy her dad? Yeah, that happened. And suddenly you start like doubting yourself and you start going crazy. And crazy is not good when dealing with finances. My best advice is when you do divorce, at some moment of clarity, of separation, or that whole process, you know, you get separated for six months in the state of California for a reason. So it gives you time to get some clarity on, on your life, on your partner's life, and on your children's life. So the first thing I want to do if, if you're going to be getting a divorce or separation is, is consider both parties. You once loved this person. And, you know, you don't want to put them in a situation where they have nothing or they walk away with less than they came in with or they walk away with too much more than they came in with because then emotions are going to start getting crazy on all parties. One piece of advice is don't heed unsolicited advice. You're going to have coworkers who come up to you. You're going to have ex-girlfriends or friends or buddies or pals wine drinking buddies that are going to give you advice like take him to the court take him to the cleaners i just knew that about him you deserve this you gave him the best year of your life you're gonna get bad advice from your friends don't take it 
Stop telling everyone your business when you're going through a separation or a divorce. This is a moment of reflection. It is not a moment of sharing. Stop babbling to everyone about how awful your life is or telling the grocery clerk too much information, financial or otherwise. Try to leave the advice to professionals. A good lawyer or a good mediator, which is what I would recommend, um, Paula Lahan, for instance, in San Francisco, a good mediator is going to be easily 20% the cost of a good attorney. And in California, you can't win a divorce. You don't win. Like, it doesn't happen that way. There's no point in winning. It's you are separated. You're, uh, you don't win. And part of you wants to win. You want to be the one who was right. You want to be the one who had that childhood dream of, of marriage that was ruined by the other person, not you. So this is a good time to let professionals be professionals, the mediators or the attorneys. This is a good time during the separation start focusing on things like child visitations and managing joint debts and finances to come up. If you have a house right now, that's a joint debt very likely. When you separate, it's either going to need to be sold or that debt's going to have to be taken over by one person. That's a big one. One thing you want to do when you start the whole separation process is start closing joint accounts, but do it in front of the other person with their knowledge. You say something along the lines of, hey, Cindy, or hey, Matt, or hey, John, I need to close this checking account so that we don't get into a situation where one of us goes to Vegas and blows all of our money. Because we've been married for a long time, and it's been a long time since you've been in Vegas. And what happens in Vegas, well, it gets kind of crazy, right? So when you go through that separation, you want to start financially focusing on, you know, making sure you don't hurt each other. But at the same time, when you start opening separate checking accounts, you got to come up with some deals. Like, where does the paycheck go to? Do I get half? Do you get half? But if you're going to be taking care of the kids, do you get 70% I get 30%? You don't know. You want to keep track of your income and expenses. You want to create a budget if you've never done it before. Update your records, your utility bills, your health insurance, your property titles, your tax records, your 401k, your 403b, your 457. Your spouse is no longer the person who's going to get your money if you die. Get your own health care insurance in case one walks away with it. They can drop you. Don't worry about changing your name. You'll figure that out. Get savvy with your money. Start with a budget and start with some plans. Take it one day at a time. Divorce is something that will make you crazy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So I just did a segment on divorce. I made it sound a little bit clean, I think, I don't know, and the financial realities. I'm not trying to be a downer in any way, shape, or form. Let me give you an opera real quick. I just watched two betta fish. And um, the life cycle of a betta fish. It's kind of the thing that I love about YouTube is you honestly can cancel cable if you've got a good internet connection and are willing to say, I don't need to watch Roseanne ever again. Because I don't need sitcoms. Wait, she lost her show? Okay. Off topic. I know, right? 
Um, so the complete betta fish life cycle. It's pretty fascinating. You can kind of see the males got um, a little bit more color. And I could be calling it completely wrong. But, you know, he, he courts her by basically smelling her fins. I don't know. I, I You can see that I'm much better at money, right? Anatomy and biology and fishology, not my strong point. But at some point in time, she says yes. Because, you know, he's not the Harvey Weinstein of beta fishes. And he goes in to kiss her, it looks like. And she gets on her back. She's floating on her back. And she gets paralyzed and, like... She gets mesmerized, and then out drops an egg. And you're like, whoa. I thought he was just hugging her or kissing her. I thought she was dying because she's, she's not moving. She's on her back. She's floating upside down. And then out comes this egg, like I said, and guess what happens? He eats the egg! So guess what happens after that? Five more eggs, ten more eggs, fifteen more eggs. He eats them all! Because he doesn't want to be beta fish daddy to like 50 young beta fish or 100 young beta fish. He can't afford that. He can't put enough, you know, food in their mouths. That's terrible. Or whatever beta fishes do. And I know some people will say, it's critically announced beta fish. Like you beta fish. Like I beta fish. So there's, there's hundreds of these little things. Now, it only takes a couple days for these things to like turn into little babies. So after my divorce and death statement, I'm going with the um, happiness of beta fish mating. And some people eat their children in the world of beta fish. Are you crazy? They, you better grow fast. Otherwise, daddy's going to eat you, which could give a kid a nightmare, right? Or two. But man, love is beautiful, and it happens in so many different ways. Beta fish love is uniquely beautiful, and you know the sex is kind of PG, so it's one of the coolest videos you'll ever see. Though, if you ever get a chance to just Google beta fish and type in the complete beta fish life cycle in three minutes, and you'll go, man, I think I can give up cable. I'm with Rob on this one. Okay, so. Let's change topics. Let's talk about the run-up in home prices. It's not sustainable. And I love stories like this and ideas like this. This is according to an economist who happens to work for a housing company. Home values have been rising for six straight years. And it gets us to the point of like, whoa, I've made a lot of money in the last six years. Even though it's paper money, if you were to sell it today, you have questions about taxes and you have questions about where you're going to live. But you go, I've made a lot of money. Home value has been rising for six straight years, and they did that in the late 90s and early 2000s as well, and then they didn't. And then they went down 40 50%, and sometimes, six, seven, eight years later, we're like, whoa, we just got back to that level. So we're, we're enjoying the good now, but we forgot we had been this fat before. The continuing run-up in home prices above the pace of income growth is simply not sustainable. Did I say that, or did Lawrence Wan say that, chief economist from the National Association of Realtors? He did. He said the continuing run-up in home prices above the pace of income growth is simply not sustainable. That's a good business lesson. And like you can look at Facebook and say they give away a product for free, but then they sell a lot of demographic information about you to advertisers. And you can say, that's not cool. But then again, do you think 
someone in South Af- uh, somewhere someone in Ethiopia who's incredibly poor. Do they have access to YouTube and access to the internet without things like you know free Facebook apps and free YouTube apps? Would they have the chance to see the world? To get you know access to the world's greatest libraries, and then so you know someone like Apple can look at Facebook and go, "You breached your 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 the trust of your your patrons," you know, and then Facebook will come back and go, "Yeah, but we also don't charge seven hundred dollars to a thousand dollars for a phone, which the guy in Ethiopia will never be able to afford. We give them a service that if for some reason he is able to afford a phone." He gets great benefits. So on one hand, you can go, Apple's a better company. On the other hand, you can say Facebook's a pretty good company because they truly do put an application that has, has incredible power of unlocking knowledge into your hands. And then, there, of course, there's other people, you know, like Google, who does kind of a combination of everything. And then you get people like Netflix who, yeah, they'll, they'll give you great TV, but you have to pay 10 bucks a month, which the guy in Ethiopia is never going to be able to do. So as mortgage interest rates move higher, we're going to see housing get less affordable, and we're going to forget about it. And we're going to stop thinking about arguments and business arguments. But the continuing run-up in home prices above the pace of income growth is simply not sustainable. That's a good business lesson. Apple has their business lessons where privacy is king. Facebook has their business lessons where... Giving someone power is king. Don't get too caught up. Always push to to think about where we are. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.